Well, hello everyone. My name is Kath. If you've not already met me before, I'm part of the staff team here at KXC. How's this beautiful weather? Loving it. Um, we are in a series on the Holy Spirit. Um, who has been around for the Holy Spirit series thus far? Hand in the air. Yes, it's been really, really great. If you've not heard the other sermons, do go back onto our podcast and listen to those. Um, we've learned about the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, but He is a person. He's not just a force or an energy. He's the Spirit of Jesus. We've learned um, that He is a promise that was sent to us or left with us by Jesus so that we could be empowered and carry on the ministry that of Jesus. Um, and we've learned about that it's, that we can keep on being filled by the Spirit. Though, although He's always in us if we believe in Jesus, um, He longs to keep pouring out His Spirit on us. And He also pours out the gifts of the Spirit on us. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, Pete spoke about prophecy as one of those gifts. And today we're going to be talking about the gift of healing. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to heal people here today in this room. Um, and, I, and he wants to do it through us, through you and me, because that's how he works. So I'm going to spend a bit of time speaking about healing, but then we're actually just going to practice it. So is that okay? Give, all right, good. I'm going to pray, and if you agree with this prayer, because I know just for some people here, even me just saying the word healing has stirred something up in you. So I'm just going to pray this prayer, and if you agree, you just say a loud amen at the end, okay? So Jesus, I pray that you would open up our hearts now to what you want to do by your spirit today. We surrender our expectations, our disappointments, and our fears, and we ask that you would come in power, reveal yourself to us, and encounter us afresh. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this place as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Okay, a few of you are up for that. Good. Um, so after the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at his baptism, he immediately began to heal and cast out demons, often together. Those two things often happen together. Healing and deliverance demonstrated the message of salvation and the kingdom of God coming and breaking in. It is, it was, and it is a foretaste of heaven, an evidence of Jesus' authority and power over sin and death which is what he's achieved at the cross, it showed that he is who he says he is. And so then Jesus gave his disciples the same authority to do the things that he'd been doing. He sent out the 12, saying in Matthew 10, if you've got your Bibles, just a little foretaste. I don't have any slides today. So to keep with me, you might want to get out your Bible and you can flick through and go to where I'm speaking. Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. He's sending out this, his disciples and he says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. And then if we flick over to Luke chapter 10, verse 19, this is Jesus sending out the 72 to go and heal and cast out demons as he'd been doing. And Jesus says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome 
all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Then in John 14, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And this is in the context of Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit coming, that when he was going to return to the Father, he was going to send his Holy Spirit so that his disciples could be empowered to do what he'd been doing and even greater things. And then at the beginning of Acts, Jesus says to wait and and they would be filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, which is what we're going to be talking about next week, and receive power when the Spirit comes upon them to be his witnesses. Can I just say, this was not just power to to preach the gospel boldly. Uh, It wasn't just power to preach about the forgiveness of sin. It was power to be witnesses in both word and deed. We need to be people of both word and deed. And we need to demonstrate the power of the gospel with the message. And so when the Spirit was poured out on them, they began to speak in tongues, which we've been learning about in this series. They began to preach with great boldness, and they began to heal the sick and deliver people of demons as Jesus did. It says in Acts 2, if you want to flick there, Acts 2 verse 43, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So healing and deliverance should be a normal part of being a Christian. As Pete spoke about when he was talking about the gift of prophecy, we don't believe that the gifts of the Spirit died out with the apostles or with the closing of the canon of Scripture, as some would interpret Scripture. We biblically believe that these gifts are for us today and will be for us until Jesus returns. We need them. So healing is a key way that we demonstrate the kingdom of heaven breaking in here on earth, that we proclaim the gospel. We are called to preach the good news, not just with words, but with signs and wonders. So I just want to be really honest here and say that when I was preparing for this, um, I... I was a little bit nervous about speaking on the topic of healing, mainly because I've not seen a lot of dramatic healing miracles in my life as a Christian, and I've been a Christian for a long time. I have seen some. When I was a teenager and when I was first filled with the Spirit, my faith was sky high. I just didn't second guess it at all. I was praying for everyone, and I did see some people get healed. But over the years, this has become a lot less, and there has been... um, real doubt and possibly cynicism in me about this area. And I know that many of us here have questions of why we haven't seen healing happen in our lives. There is pain and disappointment in this room. And I just want to let you know that God has deep compassion on you. Especially if you're, yeah, that's really raw for you right now. But the temptation for us then is to reduce our expectation for this gift to avoid disappointment or failure. But I've come to realize that our experiences should never dictate our theology. Jesus should. Jesus is perfect theology, no matter what. So let's look at Jesus. I encourage you, if you haven't done this before, um, pick 
a gospel and just go through it and look at all the times that Jesus healed and delivered people. This is what I did with the gospel of Mark because it's quite an action-packed gospel. There's a lot of miracles there, a lot of action. So if you want to do Mark, do Mark. Um, And here are some of the principles I noticed as I looked at each time that Jesus healed and delivered people. Number one, Jesus is always willing to heal. One of the names of God in the Old Testament is Jehovah Rapha, R-A-P-H-A, which is in Hebrew means the God who heals. Jehovah um, in the Old Testament is called the great physician. He is a God who is moved with compassion for his creation. He is longing to meet with us at our point of need and pain and to make us whole. That is who he is. And in Mark, we see Jesus heals all who are brought to him. There is a um, verse in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. It's when a man with leprosy comes up to Jesus and says, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And it says that Jesus is filled with indignation. Some translations say pity, but I think it's probably a combination of them both like this gut-wrenching sort of anger of like, yes, he says, I am willing. And I think this is God's heart today. He's saying, I am willing. This is who I am. He is moved with compassion for us, no matter what we've seen or not seen. And so our ministry is also to go where people are hurting, to meet them at their point of need physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And we should have that same indignation that rises up in us by the Spirit of God. And so that's the first thing. The second thing I noticed is that Jesus heals the whole person. He's interested in the whole person. So the the Greek word that is used in the New Testament for most of the instances of healing is sozo, S-O-Z-O. Um, It is from the root word safe or saved. It means rescued and it kind of encompasses the idea of being saved, healed and delivered. It's being rescued from all um, the power and the penalty of sin, which sickness and suffering comes under that. So some examples of where Sozo is written in the Bible. In Mark 5, the woman who um, pushes through the crowd and grabs onto Jesus' garment saying, if only I will touch his garment. It says, if I touch his garment, I will be Sozo. And then in John 12, Jesus says, I did not come to judge the world, but to Sozo it. It's that bigger picture of healing. Jesus said to the blind man in Mark 10, go, your faith has made you sozo, well and whole. And so healing is a physical sign of a bigger story of salvation. We all know that we are going to physically die, don't we? So that's why it can be confusing of like, why do we ask for, for healing? But but physical healing is a, is a sign that points to an eternal reality, When Jesus returns, our bodies will be made perfect and whole and we won't die. But until then, we are to ask for this foretaste from from heaven to break in and to point to this bigger picture of salvation. So in summary, healing happens when the power of God encounters us at our point of pain and brokenness and reverses the effect of sin in every part of our being, our body, our mind, our emotions, and our spirit, all of us. 
And being saved or sozo is ongoing. So it's not just a one-off event. And that means ongoing healing, freedom and deliverance to be restored to the way things were meant to be. Um, if you like, if you've heard of the word recreation, it's being part, partnering with God in that recreation. So the third thing that I notice is that Jesus healed with great authority. So from the word go, gets baptised, goes into the synagogue, casts out a a spirit from someone in the synagogue. Um, He both taught with authority and amazed the people with his teaching, but then immediately backed it up with demonstrating his authority over the powers of darkness. And it says in Mark 3, Um, Verse 10, evil spirits fell down before him all the time and cried out, you are the son of God. Both the spiritual and physical realms recognized the true power and authority in Jesus as the son of God. And get this, that authority has been given to us fully. We need to act on it. This is a really random one, but Anna told me a story about a warlock from Cornwall. If you don't know what a warlock is, it's a male witch. So someone that is going after power, but probably the source of the power is demonic and they're just interested in getting power. And basically this warlock said, well, actually, Christians have more power in their little finger than we do, but they just don't use it. And we don't go after power for our own gain or just have power. Our power comes from submitting to the authority of Jesus and getting to partner with him. And the reason I tell that story is just a bit of a wake-up call, isn't it? Like this stuff is real. There is a spiritual battle going on all around us. Jesus has the ultimate victory. Satan is on his way out, but he does have temporary power in this world. And we are called to exert our authority in the name of Jesus as little Christs. That's what Christians are. We're little Christs to proclaim the kingdom, to heal and set people free. And by doing that, to introduce them to the risen Jesus. So let's, there was a funny moment at Wildfires where there's a big sign called Wildfires that someone turned the W around and then it said Mildfires. And that just came to mind of like, let's not be mild, let's be wild. We've got all the authority. Okay, so the fourth thing, and this is the thing I really want to emphasize here. Faith was always needed for healing to happen. That might be an uncomfortable truth, but it's the truth. It's, it smacked me in the face in, as I read through the scriptures. Again and again, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Faith releases power to heal. It releases power um, to see just supernatural things happen that is in no way could be to do with us. In Mark 5, verses 25 to 34, there's a story about the woman with the issue of blood, who I mentioned before, who pushes through the crowd saying, if only I can touch his garment, I will be healed and restored. And Jesus had not even been aware of her, but power actually was released from him by her act of faith of doing that. And that was a big risk that she took because she was ceremonial ceremonially unclean. She would have been hugely shamed if anyone had realised. In Mark 10, verses 46 to 52, Jesus heals the blind man called Bartimaeus at Jericho, 
who cries out to him and he says, your faith has healed you. Mark 2 verses 1 to 12, the story of the man being lowered through the roof. The faith of his friends, they would have had shovels of some kind digging through the roof because that's what the roofs were like in those days. They would have had to dig through. And then in Mark 6, this is a really sobering kind of passage. Mark 6 verses 1 to 6, Jesus is in his hometown And it says that he couldn't do many healings and miracles there because of their unbelief, because of their lack of faith. It said he marveled at their unbelief. They didn't believe he was who he said he was. And can I just say that cynicism is not compatible with seeing healing and miracles. It's not compatible with seeing the kingdom break in because everything in the kingdom is received by faith. And can I just say, I have issues with cynicism. I think probably everything, everyone in this room does because of the culture that we're in. I think it's a bit of a spiritual stronghold in the West and in this city. And can I just also say, cynicism is not the same as having a questioning mind, a mind that wants to understand and analyse things and get to the truth. Cynicism is a, a posture of unbelief of your heart. It says, I will not believe unless this is in this, but it's a posture of unbelief. It's a hardening of your heart. So I felt that this was a real word for us today, that we need to become a people of faith to see the healing and the breakthrough that we're longing for. And, can, and faith is in Jesus. Our faith is in him. It's not in our worthiness. It's not in our spiritual prayers. It's not even in our faith levels. We can have faith as tiny as a mustard seed. That's good news, isn't it? It's confidence that he is who he says he is, that he loves us, that he's willing to heal, that he has power to heal, that he has conquered sin and death, and that we can have confidence that the promises in Scripture are still true for us today, even if we haven't seen it yet. So how do we grow in faith for healing as a community. I've just pulled out a few things I think we can do. The first thing is focus on Jesus. When we spend time worshipping Jesus, focusing on him, looking at him in scripture, listening to his voice, receiving from him, our faith will rise. It's about paying attention to who he is and what he is doing more than the darkness and the struggle around us. It's about giving him the center stage of our attention. And when we do this, we start to look at situations and the world through his perspective and with the eyes of heaven, the eyes of faith, and the impossible becomes possible because we see who he is, and then we pray and act out of that place. I can just testify to this. I've spent a few, quite a few days of just constant worshipping with thousands of other people, listening to um, the stories of God at work, um, hearing his voice, just being so encouraged, just having that intent, attention on him. And my faith levels have gone up so much. And I know that our life is not a big Christian conference, but we can do things in our own, own lives to give Jesus more more of the center stage time. It's not about not being real about the struggle. It's always going to be there. But who? what are we going to pay the most attention to? The second thing we can do is be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
We need to ask for the gift of faith and for the gift of healing. They're listed as spiritual gifts. And Jesus delights to give good gifts to his children. He delights to fill us up again and again. So we need to ask. The next thing we need to do, and this is a big one, we need to ask, we need to seek, we need to act. Healing is not passive in both seeking it for yourself or for others. So the lady touching the hem of Jesus' garment, she broke the rules, as I've mentioned before. The man being lowered through the roof, he was dug through by his friends. I kind of had a comical picture of him not really wanting to be lowered through the roof, but he couldn't move because he was paralysed. Hopefully that wasn't the case. But his friends, and probably he, had faith for that. Um, (laughs) Blind Bartimaeus crying out, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me at the top of his lungs. People bringing their sick and oppressed and laying them before Jesus, laying them before the disciples, even just so that their shadow might fall on them. The 12 going out in authority just because Jesus told them that they could do the same things that he did, even though they'd never done it before. These were acts of faith which released the power of heaven. So we need to not be afraid of looking foolish, of offending, of being vulnerable. And as a community, let's try and encourage each other to cry out to God for healing, to take action, to take risks. This might look like praying in the street. It might look like asking for prayer at church or somewhere else, for interceding, um, praying for others. The other thing I just wanted to say, Ellie Mumford, who spoke at Wildfires, did a throwaway line where she said, yep, not everyone gets healed. And that's been a lot of our experience. But a lot more people get healed if you pray for them than if you don't. So we may as well take some action. What's at risk? Yep, disappointment. We know, we know that. Okay. But we're, we're going to be disappointed if we don't. <laughs> so... And I just want to say as well that if, if you are listening to this and you're just like, oh, I don't have it in me. I've cried out to God for this so many times um, and I just got nothing left. I can't have faith. I can't take action. Do you know that we can borrow each other's faith for a time? Like the friends digging through the roof to lower their friend down. We might just need to be carried by others for a time and that's Okay. It's always worth receiving prayer. Jesus is always doing a new thing. Even if you've had prayer many times before, even if you may not have seen healing, he's always healing our hearts, transforming us into who we were made to be. He's always doing something new when he encounters us. It's always worth it. And the final thing, another really important thing, and it was mentioned earlier by Pete, we need to become a people of testimony This is huge. We need to get better at talking about what God has done in our lives. I'm not very good at this. We need to talk about even the small things because it raises faith for the bigger things. And it's it's like an act of faith to say that you've been healed, to own it, to attribute it to God. Whether it's physical, emotional or spiritual, whether it's a partial healing or whether it's complete, whether there's something in you that's like, oh, but I don't know if the pain's going to come back or not doesn't matter. Just speak it out. God is at work. It's him. Um, And as we do so, more healing is released. 
As a culture, we often trust in bad news more than good news, and so we talk about that more. But we need to celebrate and rejoice in what God is doing rather than focusing on what is not happening. Even just speaking the words raises faith in us. Just declaring, this is what God is doing in my life. In Romans 10, it says, faith comes through hearing and professing. So we need to keep telling the stories of the Jesus who saves, heals, and delivers today, who is active and alive in our lives, in our church, and in our neighborhoods. And we need to start saying it to people that don't know Jesus as well. That's going to be the thing that will probably get their attention the most when you talk about the Jesus, what he's done for you, how he's healed you and set you free. Because something in them will be like, I want that too. And when, when we look at Jesus and the early disciples, when they just healed a couple of people, the crowds came running, thronging in because of the testimonies that they'd heard. They'd either seen it or heard it directly or heard through someone else. They had faith by hearing. And the same will happen for us when we start talking about it. And it might be at the start that it feels really awkward, and I think it will because it doesn't come naturally. We're not naturally a good news people maybe. But I think we just need to start practicing it. So right now we're going to share testimonies of healing. And I believe that as you hear these stories, faith for the same thing to happen today will begin to rise. Okay, so Pete mentioned wildfires. He was very good in not going into a lot of specifics because I wanted to today, Um, but it's all right. We can say it again and again. Um, There were a few healings that just really stood out to me. One of them was a lady called Pauline who came to wildfires with ovarian cancer. Um, She was in a lot of pain. She was in a wheelchair. She was in a lot of pain medication. But she tells the story of when she was first diagnosed with cancer. Oh, can I just say the awesome kids have come in because when we start praying for healing, they're going to pray too, just so you know why they're there. So good to have you. We can't wait to see what God's going to do because he's going to heal people, right? Fun. All right. Welcome. Um, So this lady, Pauline, when she was first diagnosed with cancer, she was really gripped with a lot of fear. And she said, I was, I was scared of death. I had a lot of fear about death and is heaven real? But within the course of the year, she received some amazing prayer. And she said, it was as if heaven came to me. I was filled with the spirit and my fear went. So that's part of her healing. Her fear left her. And then she still had cancer. She was going through radiotherapy. But she really wanted to come to wildfires. So she did. She came in the wheelchair. Um, and there was a call forward for healing one day. But because so much of her pain was around her stomach, she really didn't want to go forward because she said, I'm going to get emotional and that creates more pain if I laugh or if I cry. And her friend said, well, can I please just pray for you here in your seat? And she said, okay. And as she laid hands on her, the Holy Spirit came upon her. She started to laugh, but as she laughed, all her pain left. All her pain went. And then two days later, she was up on the stage out of a wheelchair and she was dancing around the stage. She was completely pain-free. Yes, it's worth clapping. She was completely pain-free. She'd come off her morphine and her other really... um, full-on pain medications, and she said, and this will always stay with me, I don't know if I've been healed or not, but it doesn't really matter because I'm going to heaven. Jesus is with me and I've got no pain. 
Isn't that so cool? That's a picture of healing. That's a picture of sozo. There was another man who had chronic headaches that he'd had for years, chronic migraines, and he went forward for prayer and he felt like it was as if an ice pack was just at the base of his neck and it just stayed with him for a couple of days and all of his pain just left. So again, years of pain every day and pain had left. There was another lady that had come who was, couldn't walk without crutches um, or, or a mobility scooter. Again, she was walking around on the stage saying, I'm fine, my pain is gone. So I believe that there is something about pain here that for anyone that has pain in the room or has cancer as well or chronic migraines, God wants to heal you. I just want to say a quick one. In my life, um, I really struggled with self-hatred and I once had prayer for deliverance from a spirit of self-hatred. Yes, I had deliverance and I feel so much more free. And this is an area, this was about looking in the mirror, it's how I saw myself, still an area that's a weakness that I can struggle with, but I've received such freedom and a shift in that area and I will speak that over you. If that's you too, God wants to free you from that. Okay, there was a, there's a lady at KXC who's not yet ready to share this testimony herself, but she has had an eating disorder for years um, and prayed for years about it. Within the la- nearly a year ago, that overnight has gone. It's just gone. And so it, it had almost been part of her identity and she's working out, how do I even live now because I don't have this here? So again, if that's you, if you struggle with eating disorders... I think there's grace to heal for you today. Okay, I'm going to call up Christian and Mike, who have kindly agreed to just come and tell short testimony about their healing. Then we're going to pray. Yeah, come on down. Two amazing guys. Mike, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so a quick backstory. I've had a gluten allergy for the past 15 years and a um about seven or eight years ago i also developed a lactose intolerance so kind of a double-edged sword it's um it's been brutal um but i also at work um this would happen at least once a week i'd get these chronic stomach aches and i think it was brought on by a lot of stress but every week it seemed i would have um just kind of suffer through this and it made me very irritable and anxious um but about a year ago it was actually at the um uh, volunteers brunch. Um, I met someone from the church and we spoke about my allergy and she said, you know, you should really pray about that. And I kind of thought to myself, yeah, I, I never really thought of that. Um, I mean, I'm a relatively new Christian, but you know, it's something I never thought about. And honestly, I kind of thought it was a low priority prayer. Surely there's other things to pray about than me being able to eat pizza. So, um, so yeah, she really encouraged me to do that. Um, and I joined the prayer hub, um, and, um, yeah, I just kept going for prayer each week and um, felt really encouraged. Um, and so I decided every time I went to church on Sunday, I'd also ask for prayer. Um, I help out Kath with uh, newcomers, the newcomers meal once a month. And I show up and I ask the team to pray for me. And I, I was kind of ping-ponging between those three asking for prayer. Um, and one weekend, uh, I took a nap. And I woke up from the nap and I had this vision of uh, Gail's bread, like a loaf of Gail's bread, bread on my mind. Um, and I said, okay, God, if this is you, I'm going to go for it. Uh, so I marched to Gail's in my, in my town, and um, I ordered a loaf. I ate it, 
and I actually I got really sick from it. Um, yeah, so the timing wasn't there. Um, but I just I kept going back for prayer, and um, so this was in September. Um, in late October, I, I had a trip planned to Italy to visit cousins. I had I hadn't met them before, so it was this big trip we planned. Uh, they live in northern Italy, and, and before I left. Um, or uh, the plan was to go to Venice for uh, two days and then go see them up in northern Italy. Um, so I'm just thinking to myself on the way over, like, gosh, you know, they're going to invite me to their home. We're going to have this, like, bread and cheese amazing feast. And I'll, be, I'll have to say, like, oh, sorry, uh, do you have any, like, gluten-free options? Imagine saying that to Italians. Um, so when I was in Venice, um, I accidentally ordered um, some bruschetta. I, yeah, maybe it was my fault or the waiter's fault. And um, I just, I had it in front of me and I, I said to myself, like, oh, this looks so good. I, I, I can't take this back. I have to try it. So I tried a little bruschetta and I felt fine. And so I'm, I'm saying to myself, okay, am I healed or was it, what's going on here? And I decided, okay, the next day I'm really going to go for it. I'm really going to find out if I was healed. So um, I, I saw the sign for homemade baked lasagna. Um, so I went back to that restaurant and I ordered it, and I was so nervous. Um, it took me, it, honestly, it took me probably like an hour and a half to eat it. I was just, you know, they gave me like 20 waters while I was there. Was, and um, I, I ate it, and I felt totally fine, um, totally healed. And it, it's just amazing. And, and since then, it's been, I mean, I've just been eating pretty much everything I want. It's, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's just, I think it's just so cool how, like, you know, God heard prayers. He moved when I was in Italy. And, you know, I went to see my cousins and we feasted and it's just been, I've been going strong since. So good. Thank you. So if you're here with food allergies, we'd love to pray for you. Christian. Yeah, so I think uh, a few of you might have been at the service when I last came up and in the service I felt uh, God had healed my ankle and I'm quite skeptical about these sort of things. So I was like very nervous, a lot less nervous today about sharing that word or that thing that happened. And I just basically said at that meeting of the service, I was like, I'm going to go and check with a physio. Um, but I did go for a run the next day and it was fine, uh, which was cool. Um, and it's very important for my work that I'm like on my feet. So this is like, as Kath was saying about God being personal, this has been a very personal thing. So I went to the physio and I walk in and she's like, you've been healed. And I was like, What? She knows. And I was like, okay, this is really random. And I really didn't want to say anything. I went in, like, I'm not going to say anything. And uh, I was like, yeah, I, I just basically didn't have a choice. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess I've, God's healed me. Um, I was healed at church. And she was like, nope, I, I've seen it before. Um, and it's scientifically proven. I don't know where she got that from. But God, praise God. Um, and uh, she was like, right, okay let's do a test on you. So she's like, I want you to get on your feet and we're going to do like you running test. And it was my left ankle and she, I did the like running on the spot and she's like, you've got perfect form in your left ankle, which is amazing. She's like, your right ankle actually needs to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then this is about God being personal. And I was like saying, oh yeah, I go to an amazing church and she's like, everyone needs to go to your church. Um, and she's like, sort of got like Buddhist beliefs and stuff and uh, I was like, I was like, oh, I actually want to ask you about you. So I was like, what do you believe in? She's like, this, this, and this. But she was like, actually, my grandfather was a vicar. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, God's, like, this is so about the personal. And, um, yeah, I'm running around now, so it's good. 
Awesome. So again, if you um, have got any anxiety.